What's up everyone and welcome to episode 221 of the Justin Inside podcast, a show where we talk to people involved in the world of alternative music and their journey through it. As always, my name is Tim Birkbeck and I'm your host and guide through said podcast and I know I said it, I said that we'd be back properly but I've been fucking busy and I've been away so apologies that it's been so long since the previous episode but we're back now. I'm not going to make any promises because... I don't seem to keep to them at the moment, but I hope everyone's well. I hope everyone's enjoying life, getting on with everything. As I say, I've been here, there and everywhere at the moment. Um, I was away in Hamburg for partly my birthday, other friends' birthdays, and just to have a lovely, lovely time with some of my nearest and dearest. Um, I was then away with People Slicer for the weekend when they supported End on their two UK dates, which were fucking phenomenal if you're not already a fan of end go fucking check them out because they're just brilliant like they are definitely they're filling a a gap of well not that converge don't exist anymore but that newer band of that sort of heavier hardcore style that a lot of people my age converge was their entry point and i feel like end is going to be that for a lot of the the new generation of fans um and then i was in paris and I was, again, with some lovely, lovely friends. I went to Break Down the Walls Fest, which was just life-affirming youth crew straight edge from Europe, which was delightful. Met some some new friends, saw some old friends. Um, go check out Speedway, Protein, Spark, because they are three of the best fucking hardcore bands in Europe right now. Um, Speedway have just signed to Revelation Records, so that just says it all, really. Um, and yeah, been back to my folks' place, so I've I just haven't had a chance to breathe, basically. But we're here, and we've got another episode for you. And this one is a bit of an unusual guest for us, but it's one that I was really excited to to get on. This week we speak to singer songwriter, uh, front person of the band Little Lotus, Little Lotus himself. Um, obviously he also does vocals in the band If I Die Fast. Um. But yeah, this was a really interesting one because obviously on the surface, Lil Lotus for many people comes from the the sort of goth boy click emo revival sort of scene and maybe not necessarily related to in the punk and hardcore world, but he is very much embedded in that. He's come from that background and it was really cool to chat to him about his upbringing and the sort of bands that he was in before Lotus sort of exploded and became what it is that we see today and how he kind of wanted to to build If I Die First and how that's now kind of spiralled into his own things and he's now got these two projects that are almost coexisting and uh, almost nostalgia projects for people like him and myself um, but are introducing a new generation of fans to that sound that we grew up on. Um, we also touch upon how things have kind of come full circle with his family life in terms of him growing up really Christian and now and having to hide the kind of alternative rebellious side from his parents and now his mum coming to his concerts and things like that and so much more. And yeah, this was a, just a really cool chat with Lotus. So please sit back, enjoy the chat I have with Lotus and I'll see you on the other side. Cool. 
Right, so joining me this week in the Justin Insight podcast is rapper and vocalist of If I Die First, Little Lotus. Lotus, thank you very much for taking some time to have a chat with me. Um, I'm going to just jump straight in. Obviously, we're like nearly a year removed since you released Error Boy. So I just kind of want to get your perspective on like how that year's been, how you all kind of feeling now, like the record's been out in the year and people have, have kind of had time to settle with it and what you're, how you're feeling with it now. Yeah. Um, damn, I can't, I, it's kind of crazy thing that it has been a year because I feel like with the whole like COVID shit and like everything was moving so slow and then when like shows came back and everything, it's everything moved, started moving so fast again. No? So it's like, it's crazy thing that's been a year. Mm. Um, I guess like for me, I kind of moved pretty fast when, with like making music and liking different things that I think now I'm like, oh, that was, that was such a different time for Lotus. Lotus, Lotus, Lotus. I don't, I can't even say mm. that. So I just woke up. Um, <laughs> but I feel like it's like such a, we're onto like something completely crazier now. Um, but yeah, um, mm. boy. I mean, we're still playing it and everything. It seems to be still be doing pretty sick live. Um, it's definitely a fun album. Mm. And like, obviously, you touched upon there, like, obviously, the way that you've kind of always done music has been sort of like pretty fast paced and everything. Um, because obviously, we've seen numerous, well, pretty much the whole music industry come to some oh. sort of a halt because of COVID. How did you kind of find that sort of transition personally of like having to almost slow down to some extent? Um, what was the last part? How did I find the transition to... to like slow down to some extent with obviously like not being able to do shows and things like that? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, for me, it was just like a lot of like writing, like just like playing with different stuff, like because just getting bored and shit, and it's like the only thing I could do. And, mm. you know, trying to stay sane, <laughs> yeah. like cooped up in the house and stuff. Um, uh, the transition into getting back, like slowing down was definitely like kind of depressing. Honestly, I think that I like started going to like therapy at that time. <laughs> yeah. When I got out, when, I, when COVID, people started being able to get out, I was like, oh, I'm all better. I don't need therapy. Anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but this is the case. But um yeah there's a lot of a lot of boredom slowing down but now that everything's picking back up i like i remember saying this and i was like dude when touring comes back it's gonna come back with a vengeance and like i don't think i've spent this much time on i spent more time on the road than i have in my own bed <laughs> yeah yeah that's cool but like. it's it's not i'm not complaining at all um I, <laughs> yeah. I love being on the road like i'm a very um I need to be stimulated at all times, at all times. And mm. uh, being on the road and like seeing some, oh, a lot of familiar faces that I hadn't been able to see like across the country because like all my friends, like nobody was really wanting to travel or anything like that. Now that I'm traveling, yeah, see all my friends and stuff like that. It's really fun. Uh, but definitely came back with a vengeance and I definitely chose the uh, interesting time to, do multiple projects so now both of those projects are touring <laughs> yeah so. <laughs> yeah that's cool 
Well, as I said, I like to always kind of like take my guests back to their kind of roots and their origins, so to say. So what kind of got you into alternative music in the first place? Like, what was your kind of first exposure to it? Um, well, I like to start off, I was like, had been singing since I was like four. So like, I was always like, it was always like music, but my parents were very like selective about like what I could like listen to because I grew up like, right. I grew up in Texas, like fucking like church shit and everything so they're like yeah is that like bad music no cussing no evil (laughs) and so like naturally being a rebellious kid as i'm like growing up and like playing in bands and stuff like they're always like oh is this like a kind of band is this like oh you need to be playing at the church or you know using your talents for the lord and yeah then i'm like sneaking music where i'm like what these guys are talking about this so it was, it was kind of like half rebellious half like just i just liked the music but i had um um i had a uh, a neighbor um that like he was like he he knew how to like jailbreak like ipods and shit okay and i like stole an ipod from someone at school and i was like hey i need you to like to jailbreak this and just like put sick music i gave him a list of music and he's like nah i'm gonna put whatever i want like i'll do it, I'll do it but <laughs> i'm gonna put whatever i want on there and he's like it's the only way i'll do it he's like you're gonna listen to cool music and i was like okay so you put like glass jaw on like emery and deftones and um Sayosin, if you know for a friend and like mars volta and like all these crazy bands like i'd never heard before and then I was like, what is this? And it was just so, mm. so crazy. Like, especially Glassjaw. Like, I was like, it was so crazy that I was like, I'm in love. And then, like, I guess from there, a lot of, like, metalcore bands I was playing with in, in Texas. Playing, yeah, well, they were playing metalcore. But, like, I had, like, this, like, influence from all those, like, all those bands in there. Um, mm. And that iPod that I was kind of bring into the picture mm. and because like as you say if you like growing up in a in a sort of a christian sort of household and things did you have to be sort of quite sneaky about what you were listening to or like as you say because you had that kind of natural rebellious tendency was it a bit more of a like like a fuck you to your parents and you would openly play it or did you have to be like quite secretive of what you were listening to oh yeah it was like at home my parents had no idea that i like had that ipod and I'm like okay <laughs> yeah they had no idea i had that ipod and i had like an mp3 that my parents like had got me for like i don't know for like christmas or something and i would like make it look like i was listening to that but i'd really have my headphones plugged into like the ipod and i'd be in the car and i'd be like fake going through things on my mp3 like Mm. (laughs) but like then i mean as i got older like it just became very obvious that's what like there was some shift to my parents and we're i was already so far into it that like they weren't and i was just getting old stop going through my shit uh hold on one sec but yeah so obviously like from there obviously like as you say kind of having to kind of like in some aspects like hide it from from your family but as you got old as you got older like it was kind of a bit more like obvious of what you were sort of like into and things like that so i guess like 
I think a lot of people who do come from like Christian families who do end up kind of getting into like the more alternative scene, like it seems to be like metalcore is like a gateway sort of thing. So I don't know what what was it that kind of like that you gravitated towards that genre particularly that sort of pulled you in. Um, I don't know. I I I think I don't know. I just um. Uh going to shows, hanging out with my friends and seeing like all the different bands that they were playing in. And I was like, I want to play along and just kind of found fit and like got in where I fit in and stuff like that. Um, mm. uh, I didn't really like find too many like, like emo bands like that I could have like played in at that time in Texas. It was mostly just that. So I was just playing kind of like what everybody was playing. And yeah. then it wasn't until I got older and I was like, I want to play in like a screamo band, like I want to play in like an old like Salesian type band, like from first to last type band. Yeah, you know, like I was like, that's what I want to do, and like, um, I would make these little like tracks with my friends, and never make the band fully. Like I never actually have a full like, you know, like a full band, and I would just have these tracks of me like doing stuff, and like the band name was always changing, and like I would have like one friend record me, and like somebody would like play play guitars and we just have like shitty drums on them and stuff like that and mm. that was like i was probably like 16 17 but i knew people would ne- probably never come see that band in my local scene you know um so mm. yeah we ne- there was there was never it never came to like a performing thing but then fast forward to after lotus starts taking off and this whole like oh emo rap type thing which i uh, oh i forgot to mention I'm not a rapper, not a rapper, guys. <laughs> For everyone out there, I need to fix my Wikipedia, not a rapper. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, for um, when it, when I got, we got into, after Lotus stuff happened, um, and we started doing If I Die First, like, and, like, meeting all these, like, musicians that, like, were doing the same stuff as far as, like, the Lotus world, and then their influences yeah. were more, like, based in, like, the Screamo world. Um. Uh, yeah, it was like if I die first, I was born. <laughs> mm. So then, you just to kind of also backtrack a little bit because you said like you've been singing since you were kind of like four and things like that. So obviously, before you kind of like were performing like your own stuff and things, I'm making the assumption this was kind of like church stuff and like choir things. So was that kind of like I guess your first f- foray into performing? um uh yes and no like stage performing yes but like my I remember when I was like like eight and I like fi- I like learned how to play guitar like my dad okay. showed me like four chords and like the, those four chords were my entire world and which I guess technically are the entire world of the big pop song <laughs> uh, <the same laughs> yeah. chords. and um my dad showed me those and I would like just write random songs and we'd have like these like family get togethers and my dad was like all right like he's gonna perform like all his songs all these songs that he's been working on and writing and i would just like play to like the family or family friends and stuff and they'd all just be like gather any like family gathering so like that was that was my like real getting into like performance but it wasn't like always like just like church music it was i would do like covers from like the radio like radio songs yeah or just write my own like little love songs that i had no idea what i was talking about because i never loved anything other than my 
my mommy, my daddy, and my puppy. <laughs> yeah. You know? But in terms of like you kind of like singing and things like that, like b- being like part of like the church and things like, because I found like some people that I've spoken to, they've kind of found it a bit of a, like a blessing and a curse in some aspects in terms of like it gave them the opportunity to to sing and to perform, but obviously yeah. they hated everything else that it kind of stood for and surrounded it sort of thing. Yeah. So was that kind of like the sort of position you were in? Yeah. Um, I've talked about this before with a few friends that I feel like a lot of my writing, like structuring and stuff like that, like praise and worship music is like very structured, like a certain way. Cause it's meant to like, to like grab the listener and make you feel and believe and make you like drawn to something in the way it like mm. it gets to this like crazy, like, ascending vibe and then it takes you somewhere and then it's like boom and it's like big and it's beautiful and you're just sucked in and then it like slowly like lets you down or just like it's super powerful like i think it like taught me how to write with that kind of grab for the uh, list yeah and then like um um so like that's one good thing that came out of it also like you're not gonna go on stage at a church and people are gonna boo you so like it's <laughs> yeah. technically always a good show uh so then you start feeling really comfortable and really confident on stage and like but then it is very nerve-wracking when you go from that world and then you go and you play and you like mess up and there's like guitar players standing side stage like mm. yeah did you see a mess up over there like mm. or like other vocalists like i'm a better vocalist than you at your like locals yeah yeah they're going from that to that world just like is pretty nerve-wracking but i think yeah my dad's built me with pretty tough skin so like wasn't that bad but um so yeah there was oh also like in the church thing my parents would like buy me any instrument as long as it was like for me playing in church like you know oh okay that's cool like oh i need this one for the lord like you know (laughs) (laughs) so it was like you you kind of start getting gear like random things and then you can like take it to your other band practice yeah yeah definitely and obviously you touched upon like you sort of like playing guitar as well as sort of, of of singing as well. So like in terms of, I guess, you moving more into like the alternative world and as you say, kind of like finding bands like Glassjaw and, and things like that. Yeah. Like when you were kind of like wanting to sort of start up bands and things, were you, were you kind of more leaning to playing guitar or did you see yourself more as a vocalist like from the off kind of thing? um it just kind of depended on what like the project would be like if it was like one of those like starting line type bands it would probably be like i'd be playing guitar and singing um right if it was like a like more death corey band i probably would have like played bass if it was like a metalcore type band i definitely probably would have played guitar or just do vocals and if it was like an emo like like screamo type band i would probably only want to do vocals okay so it kind of just like went with the genre and like yeah depending on like where i felt like i was gonna have the most fun because like playing bass and like that's not well playing in some metalcore bands yeah like i i love i love playing bass and do i would like play bass and sing in this one band and like that was always fun because i could like just go crazy like mm. on stage and then when my part came up like i just go and like stand by the mic and sing but <laughs> yeah. like i love like being on stage and just like moving around like and knowing i'm having fun up there and it just makes like time fly by like way faster and like not that i wanted to fly by, fly by faster on stage but you know what i mean it's just like 
you're like in that zone and you're like yeah good and it's like fuck like i'm high as fuck right now <laughs> like you feel like high. As shit. <laughs> yeah. that's sick i love being on stage and then in terms of because i always find it interesting like how people kind of like evolve within their their own sort of like local scene and things and because obviously I, i'm on the other side of the atlantic and i know that like different parts of america like have different sort of varying scenes and things like that so when you were kind of like discovering the more like alternative side of things and like you were starting to go to shows yourself, like was there much of a scene in, in Dallas? Like were there shows that you were able to go to or did you kind of have to like look further afield? Like as far, like go to like in my local scene, like of local. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, there was a lot. Well, Texas is like metal central, like, or okay. especially at that time, like too. Like, yeah. That's where all like the like, hardcore bands like like texas hardcore and like um a lot of metalcore a lot of stuff like that um uh that, there's a lot of that um so yeah like every dude all the time there's like shows like i just grew up going to shows with all my friends and they're like playing the shows so i don't stay with them they're practicing and we go to the show together and hang out and everybody's moshing to each other's music and there's tons of shows yeah so like mm. yeah that was fun so were there any kind of like standout shows that you can remember like when you were younger that sort of like you you attended and you were like oh shit like this is something that i want to do this is something that i can do sort of thing uh i think like forget i honestly forget like how i even got into this one band that i was in <laughs> like but i ended up playing for them um but shit, yeah, I really don't even know how I got in. I don't remember my first like local show, like. But I, yeah, I would go to like other concerts that like my friends were like playing. It. I, I don't my friends, but like some of my favorite bands were playing like bigger bands, like yeah. legit bands. Um, damn, I'm gonna have to figure that out because I wonder what my <laughs> first like local show was. I have no idea. No, that's cool. That's cool. But then, so like you've mentioned, obviously when you were kind of like starting playing music yourself, like that, that you were kind of like in some aspects a bit of a chameleon, depending on what like the, the kind of style of music was and, and things like that. But what would you kind of say was like your first like quote unquote proper band that maybe was a bit more active, was maybe d did a couple of like EPs, did a bit of touring. What was the kind of first band that you like, felt like oh this is actually a thing that we can do something with uh, uh, i want to say it but i don't want people to google it <laughs> <laughs> that's fine well okay all right well what sort of style of music was it then uh it was just like there was like there was a few of them one was like um <laughs> one was like this like um, it was like this metalcore, like it. It sounded like August Burns Reds type stuff. Okay. And there was like like a lot of riffage in it, but like it just have it would have those break those same breakdowns like type like August Burns Red shit. And then yeah, yeah. One was like it was we liked like Monster Flames a lot. Like it was kind of more on that side of things, like post hardcore, metalcore. Uh, then one was like this more like metalcore, but like heavy, heavy like metalcore band 
Mm. And like those three that I was like part of, I, I like sang and played bass and like think all of those. Uh, the, the, the heavy one, we didn't really have that much singing. We didn't have any singing actually, but, and I, I was only in that band for a little bit, but the other two I like sang and played bass in. Um, yeah, those, those three were like some fun, some fun ones. Yeah. So did you kind of like tour in those bands or was it kind of more just like local stuff? Yeah, some of them were like, there was, uh, what was the other one that I was in? Yeah, that was that one. We did like little runs and stuff like that. And like Texas runs or, you know, like being in Texas is so fucking big. <laughs> yeah. And like, you're like, oh, I'm on tour. But like you're doing like yeah, <laughs> yeah. long ass drives in Texas for like not that crazy of shows. Um, but yeah, those tours a little bit. Yeah. So I guess like from that, did that kind of like give you the itch of like wanting to kind of pursue it a bit more kind of like, not like professionally, but like in terms of like wanting to do it more frequently and like be more active within like the music scene sort of thing? Oh yeah, like I definitely knew that like, because everybody was always like, hey, like write this singing part like for my band or hey, like do this like or you know like I was it was always like somehow like some like a band needed me to like help some way and mm. um and it was usually in like the singing area of stuff and if I could just play bass like then we were like golden you know like they're like oh like you'll sing and play bass like perfect like we don't want to have another singer on stage and our vocal yeah yeah you know so it's like it, I always knew that somewhere somehow someone was gonna need me in their band and I was like if these don't mm. take off like I'm going to get better at what I do and join like a big band. But uh, yeah, that was, that didn't end up being the case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And just like in terms of that, cause obviously like we know you now as like, the, like a, a vocalist and, and songwriter in your, in your own right and things like that. But as you say, like you've been singing since you were, were young and, and did covers and things like that. But in terms of like the writing process, obviously I know that will develop over years and things, but has kind of like writing lyrics and, and things always kind of come quite easily for you? Or have you kind of, is it something you've worked on like throughout your life? Um, I think uh, there was that, like that, I was mentioning that point where like I got really confident on stage and in front of people like pretty early on that, uh, yeah. that like made me feel more comfortable. Cause the way I would write in my room is that I wouldn't write things. I've never like really written things down. I've always just like, you know, if I feel it and I hear it and it's catchy enough, like then like, and I can remember it, like it, it means that it's a good part. And like, if I write right. it and it just came out of my head while I'm thinking of other words, then like someone's going to remember it when they listen to it and be like, Oh, what's that song where you say that? Like, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. it's like if, if it's that catchy, like then like you're doing something right. And so I kind of just went with my gut. And sometimes like my friends would be like, play this song. And I was like, damn, I don't know all the lyrics of the song, but like I can play guitar and like I can just kind of freestyle some stuff and sing that for you. And then they're like, you can do that. I'm like, yeah. And then I would just like write these like <laughs> one off songs that would never get recorded. But I would just like sing and like my friends would just like watch me. They're like, that's cool. Like, how do you do that? And I'm like, I don't know. And that was just in the acoustic world. And I was like, so whenever I came to LA and I, or whenever I was doing like Lotus stuff, I tried to apply that to like the same thing, but it's kind of hard when you're not playing the instrument and you're not feeling it in your hands and like you're just holding a mic. And so I was like, damn, this is mm. really different. And I would struggle with it kind of like, it felt like I was learning a new instrument and 
and, and trying to trying to sing to that instrument while learning the instrument trying to learn how to sing with that instrument it's like uh it was, a, it was kind of hard at first but like i was like kind of getting through and also knowing that i can go back and just press record like if i'm recording myself like i can just go back and start it over and go back and start it over having that freedom kind of made me a little bit a little bit more lazy in, in the aspect of yeah of writing but when i came to la and i saw how fast everyone writes and i saw how like it's like you know get this get your part in and do this and let's start the next song and let's like go and like let's make an, let's make another one let's make another one like come on just lay down this verse like you can't think of like a verse like real quick like come on it's like mm. either do it or you don't like shitting or get off the pot type thing um yeah that like it, that like uh energy and like mentality kind of just like forced me to be like do it and like just say something and hopefully it's mm. good you know um that i feel like that's when my writing really started to grow um and now we're like at that point where it's just like we just finished that album we're halfway done with the next album like i have like an acoustic album i'm working on and the if i have first stuff and i'm like writing all the stuff and 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 writing all other stuff for like like uh like some other projects that we're working on and um it's just like a lot of content and that definitely like pushed me to be able to you know stay on my toes and be a little uh catchy catchy factory Mm. yeah yeah and just like kind of on that and i'm i'm jumping forward a little bit here but just obviously because obviously with the error boy the the like the music and sort of like I guess like melody of like the music that you've written is kind of like upbeat and sort of like poppy to some extent, even though it's still got like that sort of like alternative edge to it. But obviously like lyrically and even like in some of like your earlier stuff, like you're, you're singing about and talking about like quite some quite hard subjects and quite personable subjects and things like that. So I don't know, like, was it kind of like, uh, a factor of both that kind of being that in that fast-paced world of LA and also like you experiencing like life essentially yeah. that it kind of forced you to be in that position or do you just feel more comfortable singing about like what you're going through yeah um I don't know ever since the beginning of Lotus like in general like uh, I think I've had like one or two happy songs <laughs> like, <you know>? like, <laughs> yeah. and if it's not like like if it's a happy song, I mean, like in the sense that I'm talking about, like being fucked up at a party and like, like, yeah. like crazy amounts of drugs, and it's just like funny, like oh, that's still kind of dark. Like it's always been like dark stuff over like poppy, happy, upbeat shit. Um, yeah, but yeah, that definitely is because of like going through shit. But I feel like I've always been going through shit. Uh, not to be the little like trying wear my little emo crown right now, but I just feel like I've definitely <laughs> lived a life where I'm either at my own fault like put myself in crazy situations or like life just fucking happens and i'm a sensitive little bitch um yeah <laughs> but <laughs> yeah it's kind of it's kind of always just been that but i like for for instance like yesterday like was the hardest day in the studio for me because i was like you know what i'm gonna write an actual love song like like a happy song where it's not about like bad stuff like there's like not one line in there that's bad. Well, actually, I do. I did say one line there that's kind of like a dark thing, but it's like we're more referring to my past and like how I feel now. 
um yeah but yeah i was like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna write something like where i'm talking about typical lotus stuff like oh like i love you and let's fucking you know run up like fly off this bridge in the car you know like i'm writing <laughs> yeah. more just like actual sweet shit and um yeah uh, it was the hardest day in the studio like i was like yo what the fuck is going on I was like, I'm not snapping. I snap every time. Like, what's going on? They're like, it's because this is like hard for you. This is like your identity is like very dark. Like, and you're not yeah, yeah. very happy. Like, and like heartfelt and sweet. And you're you're talking, you're being even more vulnerable. It's like easy to like stay like, oh, this happened to me, whatever, and act like I don't care. And it comes out like I care. And then this time it's like, I'm aware that I care. I'm aware that like of like what I'm writing about and like how I feel and uh, yeah it was, it was hard <laughs> <laughs> but came- so just because we're also oh, gone no I was saying but it came out sick that's cool um and just to kind of like as we're kind of on Lotus stuff obviously how so you, obviously when you're younger you're as you say you're kind of playing in these like metalcore deathcore post-hardcore bands like whatever sort of genre it is and then obviously, like, I guess when you kind of become a bit more in the wider public eye is because of everything you're kind of doing with Lotus. So how did that sort of transition from, like, being in a band to being someone that's basically creating music in, in their bedroom, putting it up on SoundCloud? Like, how did that transition happen? Um, I was working, like, in a warehouse. And um, I was working in this warehouse. And... I was still playing in like bands and stuff. And I just started this new band that's still going right now that you can Google and they're called Begotten. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the band's called Begotten. And I started this band with like my friends and we're all, they're all members of like all those other bands that I, I played in. Right. Like, let's start something new. I've got an idea. I was like, I'm starting the band this time. Like, I just want to go off and like do this kind of music and like whether people like it or not, like no one's done this in our scene yet. We need to do it and everybody was like in and so i'm i'm doing that we're in the process of writing and stuff and at home i'm kind of just like listening to like people in that world like listening to like artists that like ned are produced like listening to like horsehead and peep and all the, all the gbc guys and like yeah um, and then like uh like finding different artists like on soundcloud and really like, related like you know, like their song popped up next after I was listening to like one of the homies. And I was like, you know, I could do this. Like, I feel like I could do this and like really fit in. And I started doing it and sure enough, like immediately the stuff I was doing as Lotus started just taking off, but it was mixed terribly, terrible. Like I didn't know anything about like, you know, plugins with their voice and like making your voice, doing things the right way. Like I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. But like, yeah. it was like, which I guess kind of added to the taste of it. Like, it's it was kind of like garagey done and like you know like shit shittily done. And it was like, oh, this sounds cool. Um, um. So that started happening. And while I'm working there, I was just like, you know, I can keep doing what I've been doing, or I could just like focus on getting better here. And like, I don't have to split the money with five guys. <laughs> <laughs> like does that sound appealing i think yes and so i was like i just like split the money with like i just like you know do percentages with producers and we like go half on the song and we like work on these things and shit and um i was like i'll take that 
And so then I, I was like, you know, guys, y'all, y'all keep going with the band. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to always be here to like help if you need me to help with writing and like ideas and stuff like that. But I think I'm going to try and go crazy with this Lotus thing. And so I did a little bit more with that with the Lotus thing. And then that started feeling real promising. And I was like, if I put all my time in the, into this, I was like, I think I could actually like go crazy. So I just like mm. I one day I just like got off my forklift and I went out to my manager. I was like, yo, I quit. And he's like, what are you gonna, <laughs> what are you gonna do to make money? And I was like, sell LSD. So I went <laughs> and my roommate was like, bro, I heard you quit. Like we have an apartment together. Like I know you're not gonna work anywhere else. Like, what the fuck are we gonna do for money? And I was like, I just got a bunch of LSD. I'm selling it. We'll be fine. And like we were fine. And then I and then we and then I moved out of there and I started going to LA and doing my shit and yeah and then it's kind of like where the whole Lotus surviving yeah <laughs> and because that's like obviously my life. <laughs> and music because <laughs> obviously like people can obviously read about read up on your your past and a, a lot of like there's I guess there's kind of been a, a weird sort of stigmatism around especially when like the boom of, of that kind of quote unquote like emo rap stuff kind of came about because there was people like like little peepers like the like obviously big sort of name that a lot of people point to that was very successful very quickly uh-huh. and maybe didn't necessarily deal with the fame in the right way and obviously you've spoken about your own kind of um struggles with with substances and things like that so like just on like a personal note like was it kind of just a weird kind of like whirlwind situation that because like you were all so young and like basically everyone was kind of like throwing at them themselves at you to get a piece of you that like turning to drugs and turning to alcohol was like the easy option and i I don't want to kind of make that sound very flippant but no it seems like yeah i will uh, I think I've I, my thing is that in general, like I've always been a very, uh, I've always been the way that I am because of the way that I am. Like you know, yeah, I've I've, I've always had like my struggles with everything, like drugs and shit like that, since like before, um, like the uh, Lotus stuff started taking off. Yeah, I hate the like the word to. I feel awkward using the word the the fame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel awkward using that. Um, but it before like stuff started taking off, it um I was already like dealing with stuff like that. But I would say that there was a pickup when you're surrounded by it and you're working like you know, hundred miles a minute and like and um it's like if it's in your face you're gonna do it. Like or at least Yeah, yeah. You don't put it in my face if you wanna keep it like uh, like, <laughs> yeah um but yeah definitely like it's just like i think it's, i guess it's just like the setting it's more in your face it's more there like everybody has it everybody is having fun like you know it's it's just a it's really just your surroundings like um but i uh yeah it's always just been like a struggle thing that i had in general Mm. but i didn't really yeah, of, i don't really ever felt like i turned to it because of that i feel like i'd probably more turn to stuff like that in general in life because of like growing up like all like different stuff i've like been through growing up and shit like that like that's yeah more of like where it came from but the the everything else and 
living fast. I had never been to LA. I'd never seen how how it works out here and everything. It's very exciting and it's very like, oh, like you start feeling a certain way and being fresh to it. And you burn out really quick and then you realize it's like no different than everywhere else. The people are, it's the people. And um, yeah. Mm. And because obviously, like, as you say, like the when you kind of first started like doing the, the Lotus stuff, like the sort of like production on, on things wasn't maybe like the greatest and things like that, but that was kind of maybe part of the appeal of it. And there was this like budgeting scene of, of people that were doing similar things to what, what you were doing and stuff. But like, did you kind of know, was there a point that you noticed like that maybe like fans of other artists that were similar to you were starting to turn to you and like your kind of, reputation was getting more prominent was there kind of a turning point for you yeah like i think it, it had to do with like um ned arb like kind of just brought me like brought me into the scene and so like naturally like the people like some like, some of the art well ned i produced for all kinds of different artists but like yeah. more in the realm of like the old gbc thing the more i started associating with like people like that people started like thinking like oh are you gonna join gbc like this is yeah see, are you the new member you know like stuff like that and i started noticing like that whole world of like you know fans like kind of walked hand in hand with like my what my fan base kind of started shaping into be um and then of course that like and then i would start getting like people where they're like oh your voice reminds me of like this old band that i used to listen to in the older like the people in the older scene um and they're like i like your music and like you know like i i don't really listen to like anything with beats and stuff like that but like i like it because of like, your voice so like when Error Boy came out, I started noticing that that was what my like my demographic would either be like really young kids that have never heard like emo stuff before and they don't know about the old emo bands and like were their intro to like them like they would they would hear our songs and not realize that the songs were a sample of something um, yeah in the old stuff and then they would hear the new the the younger fans would hear the the new stuff where we're like playing everything. And like to them, that's their like Hawthorne Heights intro, like guitar intro, like da 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 da. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's their that's their version of hearing that for the first time when I heard it the first time. When they hear like us writing those like memorable like you know guitar parts or like certain lyrics that like people get tattooed on them and stuff, that's their intro to like emo. And then for the, mm. the older crowd, it's like them like the same thing where they're like, damn, like you really sampled in your old stuff you really sampled like since it's fail like and knowing all the young kids don't understand like who since it's fail is but like i got yeah. it and like that was one of my favorite bands growing up and i listened to your other music and it's like you remind me of this band and you remind me of that and it's just like a good blend of the old and the new you know so it's like translating um but i noticed that in, in era boy the crowds were like very they're like older older fans and like bringing their kids like you know like at this point they have kids and their little kids are like, oh, like I like this song. And they're like, yeah, like, like your dad used to go to shows like, like this. Like, <laughs> yeah, so it's really, really sick to see that generation gap, but it still applies for both. Yeah, that's really cool. And and just in terms of like where kind of things are now, like with with Lotus specifically, like as we, we've mentioned, obviously, you started off very much like just you and kind of like your bedroom, and and then obviously you kind of like as you say, get in with like other artists and obviously it's evolved to what it is now where you're kind of doing it a bit more sort of full band style. So 
was that always kind of like the objective to kind of make it a fuller thing or is that just kind of been like natural progression of the way that it's kind of evolved and how the sound has changed um a little bit of both um i would say like i i remember like whenever it first started and I was like, this is cool that, you know, like I can get that sound. Uh, like it's, you know, I get to a band and I don't have to like deal with like the whole band. But whenever it got to like being on stage too, like it was like, damn, I don't want to just be on stage and like not have a drummer up there and not have a guitar player and not have like, I like playing with the band like while we're on stage. And I like, you know, seeing guitar players when I go to a show, I like seeing guitar players go crazy and like bass players doing bitch throws and stuff like that you know like i love that <laughs> yeah. like jumping off the, the drums and like climbing shit and you just don't get that same energy like live sometimes if it's just the you know like big rappers kind of do because it's more the crowd but like um you don't really get that same energy and then i guess it's just like when i started wanting to like stack multiple guitars and not just have this one guitar loop like looping throughout the entire song like that i was like damn like you know i kind of need this whole band i need i need a band to like play all this stuff um yeah so but even now like still sometimes i'll just like dummy down the band because of like if it's a short tour it's not necessary to bring the whole band or if i'm opening for a, a, a something that like is just like a two-piece like project like i don't want to like bring a whole band if like the headliners is a two-piece project so <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah pretty like condensed um but yeah i think it kind of was a natural progression and i think like baby lotus always wanted to be a vocalist and so naturally he schemed up a little way to get his band, <laughs> yeah. get his band. Yeah. yeah i like kinda, cool. i found a little cheat code i was like oh you know it's never gonna work if i just start off as a band so let me get up here as a solo artist and then just add the band and like now i get like <laughs> i gotcha yeah. gotcha so then j just before i kind of like move to where we are like now the, obviously the other project that you're very much involved in is um if i die first and obviously sound wise there's obviously there are some crossovers but obviously it's a lot heavier and things like that but i think like for for me for specifically like when i kind of heard that this project was kind of coming up off the ground and all the people that were involved in it I like I will be completely honest with you I was very skeptical because I was a bit like I don't know how this is going to work because I was familiar with like a lot of the individual people's involved solo music so I didn't know how it would work collaboratively but obviously yeah. it does work and it's fantastic yeah but like so like how did that project kind of like come to be and like how did you kind of settle on that kind of like post hardcore sound that you wanted to go for um well the way that we started the way if i first started in general but also i think it's i think it's really funny that that was like your thought too because i i, I think it just like kind of speaks to the to the the fact that like a lot of people didn't realize that like on the soundcloud side of the band like how in, involved like the emo world was in their life like that yeah. a lot of people probably wouldn't wouldn't expect i mean like we wear like band tees and like that's usually through instagram how people realize like oh you listen to that band you used to listen to that band it's like and they're like og band tees like back from like whatever like shit like that. yeah yeah or you post your like throwback photos and it's like you would seen hair or whatever like, <laughs> yeah. like a lot of people wouldn't know by like listening to like some of our music that like that's what we grew up on and so it's like damn like yeah what is this gonna sound like but um 
yeah, that was, those were all our influences. That's what we wanted to do this entire time. You know, like that's how I, how I feel is like, we always wanted projects. If we could have got like popular off that before anything else, we probably would have chose that. Um, yeah. But um, it started because me and Ned, we had always been like talking about like band stuff and like Zubin, Zubin, uh, we'd always talk about, started, we were always talking about bands and like Ned and Zubin were always talking about bands and like, we all like, when we all got to LA and we'd all hang out and stuff, we would just be jamming those bands and like talking about like, we need to start a band. Like, we need to just start a band like this. Like, I wish we'd go back and like, you know, this was cool again, like these kind of bands. And after we kind of realized like, well, we're popular, popular enough, people are going to, you know, give it the chance to listen. Like we might as well try it. And so like, I remember one day me and Ned tried to, I was like, I want to do like a Lotus song, but I want to make it like a band type song. Ned was like, okay, we tried it. And it didn't really sound too crazy. And then, like, I was like, ah, whatever. We kind of, like, let it sit for a little while. And then one day, like, Ned and Zubin and, at the time, Nolan from, uh, or, yeah, Rake from uh, Ghost Mane's band. He plays bass for Ghost Mane. He was, like, with Ned and Zubin, and they started writing this, like, band song. And I was at home with Ollie from Static Dress. He was at my house, and uh, we are chilling, and they sent me this song. And I was like, and I was like, I don't know if I should like scream. I don't know if I can scream anymore. I don't know. I should probably just sing on this. And Ollie was like, do it. Like, I remember that. Like, <laughs> I, I would not be like back in the fucking game like that if it wasn't for Ollie. Ollie was literally like, dude, fucking do it. Just get in there. Get in there. Do it. And I was like, okay. All right. All right. All right. And like I get in there and then like within like 30 minutes, we have the, the, the Where Needles and Lovers Collide song. And like I send it back to Ned and Zubin and, and Nolan and they're like, what the fuck? Like we're doing this. We got it. <laughs> so like it was us four. And then we we're like, well, who's gonna play drums? And then uh oh wait, one second. My girl's alarm is going off. <laughs> um so we're like, we're like uh <laughs> um we're like uh yeah, fuck it, let's do it. So when are we we um we're oh we're like who's gonna play drums that's what i was saying who's gonna play drums and then we hit up kale and kale's like fuck yeah i'm down so that was the original lineup mm. and then i think dub yeah dubs was in it for like a, a little bit too so i think it's like six people like yeah yeah and then we're like do we need six people and like the you know is everybody like schedules open and stuff like that and like everyone's schedules like weren't open and like we knew that like kale and nolan were always gonna like have to like do like ghost main stuff and like we're just like i don't even blame you like you know that's your you know that's your your like that's you're already in that project like you have like yeah you know you have to do that and so then we're like okay well like maybe we start rethinking the lineup and then we brought travis and uh oh travis was like doing drum like programming drums for us and like like mixing stuff for us and we're like oh this sounds sick and then chat when we were talking to travis he's like do y'all need a guitar player we're like yeah and so <laughs> we're like, why don't we move zubin to the bass and because originally it was going to be like me and zubin just singing together uh like a two two vocalist thing yeah <laughs> which is even more like <laughs> like scream up um but we're gonna do that, and so we we put Zubin on bass and singing, and then me screaming and doing some singing, and then we brought Travis in on guitar, 
Ned on guitar, and then we brought Derek in on drums. And it, mm. like then that was like the, the that's when we started really cranking them out. Like like we were just like over COVID, just knocked out those two EPs, and yeah, yeah. And because like as you say, like obviously I was one of those people that was a bit like not sure how this is gonna sound, but also there were like. I think there was almost kind of like the flip side of there's almost like with that kind of sound of music, there's a bit of like gatekeeperiness within like some of the fans. And obviously I think for people that maybe not have necessarily known you and some of the other like players that were involved in it kind of on, if they saw it on paper were a bit like, Oh, what are these guys doing? Like coming into our scene. But as you say, like didn't know, that you had this like background of being involved in it. Yeah. So like when you kind of like started putting the music out, did you find, did you get any like sort of pushback or were people very much, very open to it? Like right from the off. Um, As far as like the fans, I think, I think the fa- like the fans that like listened to Lotus already were really excited. And another thing is that like growing up in Texas, like I grew up with like, crown the empire and like polyphia and like you know like we all grew up like in texas playing those shows those like playing all those like festivals and shit like that together and so like we're already like kind of friends and like all these other bands that like um and bands that like started like the vocalists of bands would like reach out to me for like my lotus project and they're like yo like I like your music. This is, this is cool. So I, I already kind of had those relationships with people where like they were right, okay. fans to listen. So I didn't really, I don't feel like I really, we really had any people like really trying to like talk, like, like gatekeep and stuff like that and or anything like that. Um, mm. I don't really think we had too much of that. At least I don't know of it. <laughs> but yeah. Like, yeah. all my friends are just like, I, we just have so many friends in so many different areas of music and being in LA, like it's like, musicians hang out at the same spots we all somehow make friends with each other um uh a lot of those band a lot of um what am i saying uh a, a lot of those people just were you know happen to be our friends in general um, yeah and so i think when i think that also helps whenever like other people see like their favorite vocalist fucking with a new project they're like okay well give it- yeah yeah like, you know so i don't think we dealt with too much of that and also, it's mm. like, I think, uh, uh, I think uh, if I die first was so kind of like different from it's so different from like what is modern right now in that genre in in the like yeah. world of like bands and shit that like nobody really sees it as like a competition or anything like that there or like nobody really sees it as like oh you're trying to be this band or oh you're trying to just come into our thing come into our world or whatever it's more of just like damn i used to listen to shit like this like you know people yeah, are like yeah, yeah, I remember, yeah i remember i was picking up change i was like 16 picking up change in the middle of the pit and like you know it's funny stuff like that but yeah i don't think we dealt with too much of that other than like the like old heads on like youtube that like are like what the fuck is this like other than yeah that, yeah but like we've dealt with that with everything you deal with that with anything you put out like you could do everything perfect, exactly how people fucking want you to do it, and they're gonna talk some kind of shit. <laughs> like, yeah, that's like, true. Okay, you tell me what you want to hear. I'm gonna give it to you. And then you tell me how I made it wrong. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna do everything you told me to do, and then I'm still gonna fuck it up. Yeah, and like obviously you mentioned um, Ollie from Static Dress, and like 
obviously you did the the sort of collab work with CU Space Cowboy and there's like other bands that are sort of coming around like at the moment which are very they have that kind of like nostalgic feel but obviously for a younger generation as you mentioned earlier like it's their first exposure to to that kind of sound so is it like for you being like on the other side of things is it interesting to see like this like younger generation of 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 music lovers and fans like being drawn to a sound that you essentially grew up on but you're just kind of putting your own spin on it now yeah that's a that's like a good feeling and like it's just it's 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 a good feeling and it's also just like um um a reminder that like you're doing something right you know yeah you know you're like okay like i might not be the best i might not because you know it might not sound the best point of this and that like like but you're doing something right and they're enjoying it and you're enjoying it like that's all that matters so it kind of gives it that like positive spin on things yeah instead of just trying to be like the biggest band it's like really fun it's really fulfilling um uh yeah it's like a really fulfilling Mm. thing and just so finally on the if i die first side of things as i mentioned you obviously did the the collab ep with cu space cowboy and obviously you did the 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 collaboration song as well so like how was how did that kind of like idea come about and how was it to kind of work with like another band to essentially like do a song together um that was that was fun like i don't think any of us had ever done splits in any of our other um projects and Mm. the way that we even became friends with these bands was by being fans like so like i was a fan of like c space cowboy and i had somehow came across static dress like like it was just by chance like somehow like their first thing they ever put out and i was like yo look ned have you heard this band he's like oh they're sick and then like you know, not knowing like that they had ever, not knowing if they had ever heard of us or anything like that, just reaching out and being like, yo, like we fuck with your band. Like I fuck with your band. Like yeah, I'm yeah. jamming it with, with Nedar right now. Like, or, and this and that, they're like, no way. Like I fucking love your music. Like I love that song y'all have together. And we're like, what the fuck? And then like, yeah, like I just <laughs> like with the, the, like my band jams at like all the time in the car. And then we like, we found out like Connie uh, from CU, CU Space Cowboy like lived in San Diego and condi connie came up like to la to hang out and we're just in the car jamming like fucking Oathbreaker and like all these like old like screamo bands and shit like that and like in the car like what the fuck like we like we love the same shit like this is awesome yeah becoming friends and partying and stuff and then it's like let's show you we'll show you what we've been working on like we're starting this band and they're like this is sick like we should do something and like oh we're gonna release this and let's like do a split um it was like a it was a cool fun experience it's funny too because like we did that split song um and while we were finishing up vocals on the split song so in one day this happened in one day we had already started we went to san diego to record all the the instrument parts of it um so we go to san diego to record all the instrumental make the instrumental shit and then we um have that part and we're working on like lyrics the next time we all hang out and it's not finished lyrically yet. And like, while we're finishing it, we set up a day for us to record the music video because we kind of had already an idea based off what the lyrics were were so far. And mm. um, we're, we set up this day. So upstairs, we're recording, finishing vocals. Downstairs at 1720, 
we're set we're building the set for the music video oh wow so that whole set that we like destroy at the end like we we like um uh we're building that set so that we have a team of builders and we have a team of writers upstairs <laughs> all between like us we had never we had never practiced the song and we had just switched over to having Derek as our drummer. So he had never heard the song. He had never played it. So we're teaching him the song upstairs so he can play it for the music video. Um, then we're switching out members based off like who needs to do their singing part and needs to do their yeah. part. So sometimes like I'm running downstairs and I'm like helping screw stuff in. And then they're like, hey, we need you to help write this part because they're going to sing this. And I'm like, okay, I run upstairs and they're like, oh, and we need so-and-so because you got to sing it. So go up there and we're like, all right, finish the song. And then as we're finishing the set, like the song is getting like a little rough mix down so we can at least record it. <laughs> and then that's it, insane. It finishes like at the same, we finished damn near almost the same time, like close enough. And then we're like, okay, are y'all ready to shoot the music video? <laughs> <laughs> and we shoot the music video for like hours after like building and recording for hours. And like you know how music videos go, where you're just like on set all day and you like yeah yeah prepared, but it was like double the work. Um, but it was a very chaotic experience that day. Um, it was even chaotic when we were recording the song because we're all just fucking menaces and we put us in a in <laughs> one room, putting all C Space Cowboy and If I Die First in one room, like for like even eight hours is fucking nuts. Uh, but we were together for a whole. <laughs> yeah. We were together for a whole weekend, and uh, yeah, it was it's, it was so fucking funny. There's so much like haunted footage from that time. We I think we have. As I say, I, th- I think I think that needs to be released as like a special Dude. edition, like backstage. Sort of well, thing. The thing is, there's so much, and there's like also so much that like would like needs to be censored. Like a lot of nakedness. <laughs> there's a lot of nakedness and a lot of like like there's just some fucked up shit in there <laughs> that fair, we, fair enough we have to edit and everything it's like we just we like to party <laughs> yeah no that's cool well just before I, I wrap things up I just obviously want to bring it back to to error boy and where things are like at the moment and you obviously hit in the road Wait, can, again. You, can you say that one more time I, i'm just Wait, gonna bring it back around to oh. yeah of course so i'm just gonna bring it back around to with things with Error Boy and where we're kind of at at the moment. So obviously with, obviously you're kind of like hitting the road a bit more now. And as I say, like the record's been out kind of like for a year and you said like, you've kind of got this sweet spot of fans at the moment where like you're kind of getting the younger generation who are experiencing this sound for the first time to like the older heads like myself who like have it as kind of the nostalgia feel, but with a, with a fresh spin on it. And like, Obviously, um, we mentioned earlier, like you, you do sing about like personable stuff and sort of dark stuff, and I just kind of wanted to get your perspective on like how that kind of impacts like younger fans, because obviously, some people may be able to relate to it on a on a level of like they're going through a similar thing, but also, like they may not have experienced things that you've experienced in life. So, have you found that like the way specifically your like younger fans sort of connect to the music? Is it, is it a difficult conversation for you to have or or would you rather be like more open and say like, yo, life can be shit sometimes, but this is how I deal with it sort of thing? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a really good question too. I love, I was just talking about that recently. Like um, me and my girl were talking about how like 
how it's weird that like sometimes whenever you're like feeling something like if you're sad and you're listening to a sad song like you like people like why if you're sad like why why don't you like listen to something happy and like go turn yeah yeah but like for i guess like in our world and like especially like in my fan base i think i do i have a lot of like fans that deal with a lot of stuff like that and a lot of the time it's not like oh change how you feel it's more just like embrace how you feel and like figure out how you're gonna get yourself out and like know that you're not the only one feeling it and like that kind of mm. like helps you like whether it's like watching a movie that like a depressing movie like while you're sad and stuff like that just knowing like damn like I'm, I'm watching somebody else deal with something like even though it's not real and even though like the songs sometimes aren't real like just to hear somebody like validate like what you feel sometimes is like doing way more like 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 good than bad um and not everybody deals with it the same way but that's like the case yeah with everything ever like like some like somebody could be sad and like they go and try and listen to something really good it just makes them feel like really like upbeat and positive and it makes them just feel even worse because it's like damn i wish i felt like that but i don't like this is how i feel so like i think that it, the that whole thing is just like a uh sense of like validation and stuff like that like validating your feelings and like um not feeling alone and stuff like that um mm. but i i like i wouldn't change one thing about like you know uh in that aspect like i i love that and i love like i'll like meet fans and stuff and um i feel like one of the most like you know um frequent things that i deal with is like that not deal with the frequent things that i like um you know talk about when i meet like new fans is like they're like oh like my parent my like father or my mother like you know died or killed themselves or something like that and like this yeah means a lot to me because of that and i think of them and it's like like how much worse can it get after you're watching your parents die you know like you know yeah yeah see that like not at that age like you're supposed to like you know they're supposed to be there for when you get married for when you fucking get your first house teach you how to even get to like the point of like being a stable human with money or moving. Yeah. you know you're, who do you call like that's like that's the main the, the one that i get a lot and i feel like a lot of people don't you know i haven't really like seen too many people talk about that like um you know like they'll talk about like you know struggles like drugs and like life in general but like to be so transparent about like you know your parents dying it kind of like it's like have have these people been dealing with this the whole time and like they just didn't feel comfortable bringing it up until now because somebody wrote a song about it like that's good that makes yeah yeah that like you know like kids come up to me and like talk to me about it because i'm like dude like our situations are very different like our parents might not have died from the same thing but like our parents are dead dude like you know yeah yeah like i'm sorry and i love you and like you know it's fucking sucks but you know we're here and like fucking whatever i guess you know but mm. it's just yeah i that's like i like that it um that we're so transparent in that sense and um it gives like kind of a voice to people dealing with that or it gives them the strength to even speak on it because it's like i'm not the only one speaking things suck when like, nobody wants to talk about things that they're the only one speaking about like somebody has yeah. to like fucking somebody has to do it and like fucking uh someone has to do it first to make somebody feel comfortable doing it you know mm. and just kind of like on the flip side of that though like obviously because as you say like it's an exp- in some sense it's like a shared experience because like somebody who's come up to you and has spoken to you about it has kind of gone through that grief as well. But obviously 
because you're the one that's like bearing your soul in in this in the songs and you're performing it and then you've got someone coming up to you saying oh it's meant so much to me because i've experienced something similar or whatever and then they're maybe offloading on you yeah is that is that quite tough because you're then having to kind of almost have like secondhand grief and trauma or have you kind of like i don't know have you have you found a mechanism to deal with that and kind of like almost take it as a separate kind of thing if that makes sense um i mean like i yes and no sometimes like sometimes like you know like it depends on like what's going on like sometimes i'm just like you know i mean if i'm on stage or like something like that like i'm like hyped up about something else but i still feel that you know i still feel what they're feeling or not feel what they're feeling but yeah still, it's reminding me and stuff like that but for in the same sense it's like sometimes i need a reminder that i'm not the only one you know like sometimes like them telling me that like makes me feel less like you know sometimes it helps because like just like no one really spoke up that about stuff like that um um in like as me being the one needing someone to speak speak up about yeah. it they're like you know they're reminding me that also like you know i'm helping somebody and like some kind of good came out of that and it's not all bad and it's not all for nothing um so sometimes yeah, it, yeah. it helps and like but yeah i'll have my times or sometimes i'm like some stories will get like pretty like heavy and stuff and i'm like damn this is way too like close to like what i dealt with and yeah. now like i have to go up on stage and sing a song called <laughs> yeah. a parent. every time like so sometimes like whenever we like play bearing a parent or i play like certain songs like and my like um like i'll just like feel it and it's like really hard to like do the song but i still do it or like there's been times when my mom's there at the show and i'm like fuck like yeah 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 it's like it gets heavy sometimes but i mean i feel like i got some pretty thick skin and yeah i I mean i'm I'm, i think it's part of my like who i am it's part of my job like i'm like i like put here to to uh to uh sound bad punching bag (laughs) (laughs) like feel things but yeah and i'm just curious now because you say like there's sometimes shows that you're like your mum's at and obviously we've kind of spoken about obviously the the religious background you kind of came from Uh what what does your mum kind of like think of like your shows and like your performances now my mom's in her like midlife crisis right now (laughs) (laughs) so she's getting like tattooed now uh, oh sick and she's like remarried now and everything like she's like she like she lives a pretty like sick life now and like i think before like the the way that she was like she's still like pretty she's still religious but she also understands how like life is and i think after like the whole everything our family went through like losing my dad that it was like kind of a wake-up call to like live before she fucking dies and yeah yeah. she wasn't doing a lot of that as much as she wanted to but now we kind of like she's like she's her sons are grown up like um her sons are grown grown up and stuff and like you know like they're like they're they're doing life now and like they have their partners and they have like their plans and they have like their careers and then like she's like well what 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 i do now like like yeah yeah. fun like so she's like doing that and like i have like a sick ass stepdad he like plays like 
he plays guitar and he has like bands and stuff and like my like i have a sick ass stepsister and she's like also an artist that's like doing pretty well right now and that's um, cool uh the house is just full of music and she's come to my shows and growing up like their whole thing was like you know musicians don't make money like you need to go to college <laughs> like, and i'd always tell her i'm like mom if you just buy me this laptop these programs and you let me drop out of school i will make you so much money and she's like no 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 that's not how it works no 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 and now like ever since like lotus started doing like doing good and everything she's like one one day she like cried to me and she's like i'm so sorry i didn't let you drop out i didn't get you that laptop and this and that because like you're doing it now and i was like i told you and so like yeah, now yeah. She the shows and she sees the turnout of the show she sees the kids singing she sees them come up to me and talk to me about stuff and it makes her emotional and it makes her like it makes her like um you know realize that like this whole time like there wasn't like any like bad stuff behind it it was just like that's that's what i'm supposed to do like this is what i'm supposed yeah, to yeah yeah making music and that's like cool. performing so it's a uh, it's funny now she's like i had she was at um one of my shows and she was on my stepdad's shoulders at the show and i was like get the that's fuck. amazing i saw the show i'm like get the fuck down i was like everybody get, away from <laughs> get mom go stand at the side like you're going to get knocked down and i'm gonna get mad and she's she's, she's, a, she's a nut um but that's yeah she's, amazing she's in that like midlife crisis thing where she's like let's get tattooed oh we're going skydiving like me oh, her, and my girl. yeah me her and my girl we're all going skydiving the rest of the family's like fuck no we're not doing it but we're like we're like the maniacs at this point in the family yeah yeah that's yeah. amazing that's really cool yeah it's had a cool turnaround yeah so just to to round things off so obviously you're you're heading over to our side of the Atlantic pretty soon to do slam dunk in it. Yeah, so how are you like what are you like most looking forward to about coming over here? Um learning how to uh to uh get used to driving on the different opposite side of the road. (laughs) Uh, I mean we 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 got a driver but like I feel like I'm just gonna fall asleep in the van and wake up and like look and be like ah like thinking freak out, yeah yeah every turn is gonna feel like the wrong turn. Um and uh all the different accents um um uh obviously like the like main things like with like like attractions and stuff like that i'm i'm, I'm gonna be the biggest like little tourist like when i get over there yeah i'd be like oh is this the berlin Ber- where the berlin wall is like or, <laughs> <laughs> like you know like stuff like that I'm like should i where's the red light district like <laughs> <laughs> but yeah obviously like in terms of like doing sh- like shows and stuff over here like because like, like you're doing some pretty big shows and obviously you're doing like slam dunk over here in the uk so we're also like, is there by the time this comes out today today we're announcing it we're opening for corn in berlin oh that's sick yeah so i'm pretty sure i'm but allowed yeah. to say that because i'm gonna post it today so yeah yeah so like yeah, is there, is there a kind of anything like in terms of like show wise that you're particularly looking forward to? Yeah, I want to see how everyone gets down over there. Like, I I don't have any. I've never even asked my friends when I go when that have been over there, but like I want to see how everyone gets down, like mosh wise or like you know crowd reaction wise, stage dives and everything. 
feel like there's a you know in the states there's certain places where everyone's like standing still like super cool guy and they don't want to but yeah. they want to you can tell they want to and then like as soon as you finish the song they're like clapping and screaming and they're like play this song and i'm like where's that energy during the song like why are you just watching yeah yeah you know like i want to see how everyone gets down over there and i'm um you know like just like yeah i don't i don't, I don't know I just, that's the performance wise like yeah i want to see i want to see if they do it better than than america they go crazy <laughs> yeah that's cool well to to round things off how i kind of always like to finish these little chats is to ask my guests like what their favorite song is but with a bit of a twist and because obviously you're doing two bands so you could get two bites of the cherry so what's your favorite little lotus song that you like to play live and what's your favorite if i die first song that you like to play live and why um favorite little lotus song is um um um, 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 fuck (laughs) um probably girl next door yeah or think of me tonight Think of me tonight because of the the crowd reaction. Everyone knows that song. Everyone knows Girl yeah. Next Door too, but Girl Next Door is really fun because like I always, if Aaron's not there, I always bring up a fan to sing it with me, and it's a very nice. like wholesome, fun experience. Um, so those for like reasons of it just being making like it just reminds me why I love my fucking job. Um, yeah. And then if I die first, uh, it's definitely um, uh, Walking Razor's Edge. Uh, nice yeah 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 that's like my favorite one because it feels like the typical throwback screamo like anthem perfect brilliant lotus thank you very much for your time really really appreciate it thank so, you so stoked to see you guys over here yeah you and can come out to the show just one of the shows i'm i'm hoping i'm hoping to make slam dunk Let's so go, we'll that's wait the see, one to come see. To. yeah man but yeah really really appreciate your time and yeah best of luck with everything over here thank you so much no worries take care see you guys So there we have it, folks. Again, a huge thanks to Lowe's for taking some time and having a little chat with me. I know he got up super early, his time in, in America, to do this, so really, really appreciate that. Um, as I mentioned, Lowe's will be here in the UK shores for the very first time uh, doing the Slam Dunk Festival and a couple of dates around it as well. So if you are so inclined, go check them out. As always, all the details of how to keep up to date with uh, Little Lotus and If I Die First will be in the description of this week's podcast. Um, as I say, I'm not going to promise to to say when episodes are going to be coming out because at the moment I'm finding scheduling really difficult with my day job, with bands and so on and so forth. So when it happens, it happens. We will continue getting these episodes out for you though. I just don't know when. But as always, thank you for, for your continued support and whether this is the first time you're listening to the Justin Insight podcast or the 221st time thank you for stopping by and I'll see you soon